You're listening to episode 15 with Rogue Waters intern, Aaron Ruskowski. This episode is brought to you by Master Meter. Hi, this is Samantha Villegas, president of Savvy PR. This is the podcast that is demonstrating the power of women in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. We're dedicated to sharing stories that demonstrate how communication and collaboration move things forward. If you want to overcome your challenges, then you have to build relationships. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or resource to give you the tools to curate connections with your customers that create impact. If there's one thing I can be certain of when it comes to you, it's that you love water. And if you're a water utility looking to manage your water you love, then you'll want to talk to our friends over at Mastermeter. They understand that you can't manage what you don't measure, and smart water management begins with accurate measurement. Account for every drop produced and delivered because the utility's progression towards smart cities and IoT begins here. We're trying to be the game changers of communication, and our partner Mastermeter is here to deliver game-changing results for you across finance, customer service, and utility operations. They offer an array of products to meet your utility's needs. To determine which smart water metering solution is right for you, visit mastermeter.com. Not going to lie, you guys, today's episode is a little bittersweet for us because we have to say goodbye to our intern, Erin Ruskowski, who's been with us for the past four weeks, and we've had so much fun working with her. A lot of things get said about millennials, but this episode is definitely going to inspire some love for this generation that is so passionate about driving change. Uh, Check it out and, and hear as she tells the best ways that utilities can communicate with the millennial generation, some of the reasons that got her into the water industry, and also hear her talk about her Water Nerds Guide to Marketing to Millennials that we're going to be releasing later in the year because she wanted some more time to spend on it. I really love how she drove home the message of using social justice and social action to bring people into the water industry, especially of that passion-driven generation. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Erin Ruskowski is a sophomore at the University of Alabama studying environmental engineering and policy and Spanish. Beginning in seventh grade, she attended summer programs through Duke University's TIP program, the Talent Identification Program, which helps gifted students discover their abilities, explore new academic challenges, and celebrate their accomplishments. Erin is a self-proclaimed water nerd and has loved water since she was seven years old when she began asking her aerospace engineering parents questions about water in the environment. Erin is a presidential and engineering leadership scholar and also a member of the Alpha Phi sorority at Alabama. So this is kind of a bittersweet podcast for us because this is our last day with Erin. Yeah, I'm pretty sad and I'm already building up walls because I feel like she's going to leave us and go back to school forever and never talk to us again. And forget about us. I'm then. pretty depressed, not going to lie, but I will still talk to you guys. <laughs> so you be like, I'm too cool for y'all. You'll so, get bitmojis daily. Yes. Yay. Um, so we got connected with Erin through her aunt, who I know, and she, her aunt knows who I am and what I'm about, well, she may not understand exactly what we do, but she knows that we're obsessed with water. And she said, hey, do you guys take interns? And I said, hey, does she want to get paid? And she's like, 
no. And I said, then absolutely we take interns. <laughs> and um, she said, yeah, you need to meet my um, my niece, Erin. She is hardcore into water. And I was like a little skeptical because I was like, she's a sophomore in college. How all about water can she be? And so we had this video chat with her to see if it would be a good fit. And Ariane and I instantly fell in love. She is like the epitome of water nerd. So we were so excited to bring her on and so excited to hear her genuine passion and enthusiasm for water, which you may be thinking, huh? So Erin, we're going to kick off with that. We're going to, we're going to, what's up with your water story? How does a 19 year old have this much passion about water? You know, I'm not really sure what got it started, but I remember being a young child and just asking my parents all these questions about water. I was so fascinated by the process of desalination, which my parents kind of understood from the engineering perspective. Even though they'd never worked with that, they knew a little bit about it, and they started telling me about it, and I got really interested. And before I knew it, every paper I was writing at school was somehow related to water. Um, My chemistry projects, I figured out a way to tie them in. And what really kind of capped it off is I took a class with um, one of the Duke classes I took over the summer. The last one I took summer before my senior year was called Blue Gold. And it was an amazing class. It was about the social science of water and all those aspects and commodification versus water as a right. And it just covered so many cool issues. Shout out to Courtney Pickett for being my teacher because she was amazing. And, um... Yeah, I kind of knew at that point that that was really what I wanted to do. I had been super interested in engineering for a long time, so environmental engineering just kind of seemed the right choice for me. Which segues into my next question. What's up with your major? Why'd you (laughs) want to be an environmental engineer? And, like, what's your dream job in water? Um, Growing up with my parents, it was definitely hard not to love engineering. I mean, they design fighter jets. There's nothing cooler to a little kid. (laughs) And I've always loved math and science, and I love being creative. And to me, engineering just kind of, like, functions at that intersection. And I wanted to design stuff. I wanted to invent. And I've always loved challenges and problems. And engineering is, like, you're always solving a problem. There's always, you know, you're discovering something that hasn't been done before or improving something that has been done. And I think that's really interesting. And... As far as my dream career, I'm not exactly sure because I also have an extreme passion for the law, environmental law, and I loved mock trial in high school, so um, maybe law school in the future. We'll see. Watch out, George Hawkins. (laughs) Um, So you kind of talked a little bit about how um, desal got you interested, or you've always kind of been interested in that. Is, Is that your favorite water topic, or is there something else beyond that? Um, For a while it was desalination, but these past few years I've been really interested in the issue of environmental injustice, and that's kind of where I got my interest in the law and policy side of the environment, because I think there's a lot that people don't know about the topic, and I don't know, it's something I'm really excited to discover more about. Awesome. Um, That's a very important issue, too, because that's something that is prevalent not only around the world, but unfortunately in our own country. So uh, we need people like you that are vested in that that challenge because that's definitely one too. Um, but 
So in a lot of the conferences that we have in our industry, there's there's always some sort of session on, well, you hired a millennial, now what? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, there seems to be this this huge kind of conundrum about what to do with your generation, like, you know, like we caught something when we hire you. Um, so if our industry wants to educate your generation and communicate with them, um, how can they, how are you guys getting your information? What's the best way for us to be messaging to you? Okay, so I don't want to play right into the hands of older generations that only view millennials this way, but you can use social media. (laughs) (laughs) You can use it as a teaching tool. Yes, we do get um, a lot of information from social media, but I'm going to be honest, most people really keep tabs mostly on their friends on social media. Um, They might follow some issues they're interested in, but on average, that's not super common for them to have a huge um, following in different issues. Where we're getting most of our educational information is honestly the internet. We are very um, avid Google searchers. We've been taught how to do that in school and how to find good sources versus bad sources. That's a huge topic they cover in schools these days. So when we're researching for actually finding out legitimate information, we are going to go to Google searches and having easily accessible websites, websites that are appealing to look at, easy to navigate, not too information heavy, you know, on the homepage, those kinds of things, and that seem intelligently written. That's something we're looking for in a good source. If we're doing a school project or honestly, if it's just something I want to find more about, I normally turn to Google. Yeah, and one of the things that we're actually going to be touching on with Mike McGill from WaterPIO on uh, episode 16 that's dropping August 13th is this whole idea of ensuring that water providers are the primary source of information so that people are getting the accurate information. And so you may be thinking, well, crap, how am I going to do that? And there's a lot of tools that you can use in the SEO world to ensure that when people are searching that they see your stuff first. Um, A big piece of that would be searching around a topic that you think would be searched for by your customers anyways and then making sure that the content that you're creating is using those that same wording and that same narrative so that it's going to come up in those search results as they search. And there's we're learning so much about the power of SEO in, in getting your message up there and up front so that when this generation or anyone is looking for information that you're the source that's coming up first and not some rando on, on social media. So. Fake news. No, not the fake news, yeah. Um, so one of the things that we did when we brought Aaron on was we asked a question that has been asked to us by our mentor of what strengthens and weakens her not not what her strengths are and not what her weaknesses are but but more so of what actually pours into you what strengthens you what makes you feel pumped up at the end of the day and then what flat out just makes you just makes the time yeah makes the time creep by and of course with any job you're going to have a balance of both but we wanted to make sure that we were really giving her something that she would legit enjoy doing and so especially because she legit wasn't getting paid (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so um one of the things that she said was using her creativity in writing and so 
Arianne and I are working on developing our own series of Water Nerd Guides. You may have heard the very first one, which was the Water Nerd's Guide to Storytelling, uh, which was a podcast episode that we're doing. So like I said, we have all these conferences where we're researching studies or, or things along this line to figure out what's going on in the millennial mind. And I said, hey, why not produce something that's written by a millennial for our industry. And so Erin has been working on her own Water Nerd Guide called the Water Nerd's Guide to Marketing, which is going to be coming out later this year because she has so much she wants to say. She wants to work on it beyond um, her time here with us. So why don't you give us a little sneak peek uh, trailer, if you will, to what that's going to be about and what people can expect. Okay, so in the Water Nerd's Guide to Marketing to Millennials, I'm going to be talking about um, why advocacy is such an appealing um, an appealing option for our generation and how that's very prevalent in our generation. Um, we really cling to social injustices and they really fire us up and anger us and excite us and there's something that we really attack wholeheartedly when we find them at, at least for the passionate few and I think there are quite a lot of passionate people in my generation out there. I mean you can see how we've taken to protest over the past few years for all different sorts of issues. And so I think I think one of the big keys to marketing to millennials that I'm going to go into a little bit more in this book is really framing um, water injustice as a big problem and not a problem that the utility has put there, but rather a problem the utility is facing as well and getting people motivated to come work in that field. Yeah, absolutely. And using words like... Um, protest may have given some of the water folks <laughs> listening bubble guts but you know don't let that scare you and don't let that make you timid around this generation you know your job is to train them now and to inspire them and show them how ingrained and involved our industry is with the public health of our country and the changes the positive changes that they can make for everyone in this country by working together and building relationships and partnerships and collaborating with community members and and really getting their their take and their input and so this is a great opportunity and not something that should be seen as a threat that you can really build relationships with the younger generation and make some incredible change in your community and across the country Okay, girl, so your audience for the guide is people in the industry, obviously, but you have some words for your peers about why they should be involved in water. Let's get on that soapbox for a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> water is so integral to literally everything we do, and I think so many people don't understand how much like goes into getting it to our taps, and you guys talk a lot about that, and you've given me a lot more background information on that, but it's just so unknown, and yet all across the world, there's so many challenges associated with water. There's literally wars being fought over water that nobody knows about, and what I would say to my generation is that these are the interesting problems of today. Like, You might not think of water as a glamorous industry, but it is because you have all these different issues that you're facing today. There's a political aspect, a legal aspect. I mean, there's an engineering aspect and a science aspect. It can be attacked from every possible angle, and you're helping millions and millions of people if you're really doing something good. So, I mean, why not? You know, that should be the ultimate call to action. Just, you know, 
you have this amazing potential to help people in this field. And if that's what you want to do, then this is the place for you. I think one way we can excel in bringing in new talent is just doing exactly what Aaron's saying and kind of doing doing a good job at marketing sort of the cornucopia of options that are available to you in the water sector. So whether it's in the public sector, the private sector, an NGO, whether it's in the United States or places around the world, we, I mean, we're all human beings, all living things, we all need water. And so there's such a wide array of ways that you can really get involved and really feel like you're making an impact on a daily basis. So keeping that in mind and just being mindful of that and using that as a tool to help bring in new talent since we're heading towards the silver tsunami, as Travis Loop said in one of his, or one of his guests said on the words on water, um, we have a huge outflow of uh, seasoned employees happening. We need to be growing that next generation and planting the seeds for the next generation of water nerds. So there's there's one way to tackle it. Mm-hmm. Keep our talents local. Yes, and that's, and that's one of the justifications you can make for investing in your education programs. I know that's something that SAWS is very passionate about, who Arianne just gave a shout out to, is they justify investing in the education programs for SAWS because they do believe in keeping that talent local. And they have several cases of anecdotal evidence that showed that they did in fact do that. So it's important to be that primary source, not only for people out there looking for information, but also for people who are potentially interested in potentially be future employees. Um, so yeah, so like you said, there is kind of a cornucopia of options of jobs in this industry. What would, what's something about the water biz that you learned during your time with us that maybe you didn't realize or gave you a change in perspective? Okay, you guys gave me a huge change in perspective on Aaron Brockovich. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'd only really seen the movie and gotten my information from that, but I totally saw her as this gladiator of water, (coughs) excuse me, coming in to fight for these poorer communities and the perspective that you gave me was that you can't just stir the pot and not present a solution. And I think that's really important because if you're going to advocate for advocacy, you need to back that up with, hey, you know, you guys need to follow through on this. You guys need to be the generation that solves these problems because it's not enough to just stir the pot because then you're just looking at chaos and kind of your perspective on that and the utilities perspective in some of these different cases was really important to me and vital to my understanding of the water industry as a whole. Yeah, because a lot of that goes back to communication and just getting people to have a dialogue and not just, uh, and I don't mean her specifically, but just in a lot of interactions I see online, it's just negativity and... Straight fear. Yeah, straight fear, like just these one-sided dialogues that aren't going to move the needle in any sort of positive direction. So just being mindful of that, and I'm glad that you were able to kind of see the different the different sides and the different perspectives and kind of the different backgrounds of where everyone's coming from. And, and the ability to just 
you know, have these two different perspectives come together, have a conversation, and, you know, it's it's positive and it, and it moves the needle forward and we come together and we create solutions or we try to come up with a plan or something. I mean, that was the one of the most favorite things to see was, you know, Aaron and Stephanie on the phone together, um, coming from different angles and then truly coming together in the end and saying, okay, now let's work together and figure out something. Yeah, sometimes it's definitely an agree-to-disagree situation, but there's usually always some commonality that you can find that you can talk to to actually make some some movement forward. So definitely communication, um, which is kind of like obvious, well, obviously our area of the sector. You're on the engineering side. So from an intern's perspective, speaking to other future interns or prospective interns, what's kind of your take now of being an intern in the water biz? Um, I would say it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my time here. I really enjoyed everything you showed me and taught me and taught me to do because I felt like I did learn a lot and gain a completely different perspective. I mean, it might have only been a month, but now I've learned business strategy and PR skills and graphics skills and all these things I never thought I would be doing, but that are really valuable to engineers today, especially in this business, because we need that communication side of it. And so many of them don't know how to do that or utilize that, or they haven't had that training. And I'm just really grateful that I got this experience to be able to move forward and always have that background kind of in my toolbox. Yeah, she's a Canva-aholic now. <laughs> I am, I admit. <laughs> and nobody wants to be micromanaged, but going back to that whole issue of asking her what strengthens and weakens her, you know, like just up front, seeing someone's background on paper, seeing engineering, we would we would question, gosh, what can we offer her at all? But we offered her what we had, and now she has a new um, – a broader view of the industry because there's so many different facets to it and those are going to make a more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like not holistic, but a more well-rounded mm-hmm. individual going out into the sector who understands the value of, of both sides. So that was a win for us. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really important to, it may seem simple, but just to sit down and say, you know, ask them and have that conversation with the intern or the newbie or, um, you know, someone you just hired, whatever, ask them like what strengthens and weakens them. Because I, there's a story I want to tell real quick about, um, when I worked for municipality, um, we had this guy who worked in the sewer crew and I always, I would come into their, field ops and in their office and I would see these drawings on the board and I'm like this is really amazing like who's doing this and they tell me who it is and I'm like what so I ask him like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give his name right now because he would be mortified um but I was like oh my gosh you're such an amazing talent um do you want to help me do some like graphic design this was before Canva existed so I was like limited on my skills and um he loved it and like he was able to kind of carve that into his day every now and again or help us with a a program or a certain project um and he he got strengthened from it and you know could work on these things 
you know, while he's also working in the sewer, he gets to go home and do some graphic design stuff. So it was cool to see. It's like, just ask them, you know, like, what, what do you, what makes you tick? You know, what gets you fired up? So. And you never know. That may be, you never know how much that positively impacted him, taking him away from just the monotony of the day-to-day getting to do something that he really enjoyed so yeah ask and then get to know your people make sure everyone kind of knows what strengthens and weakens one another because that's a tool that you can use when you're working on projects or coming up with programs or have an event you know kind of who has what in their wheelhouse Mm -hmm. and what they're and what they're passionate or good about good with and enjoy doing so um, cause, so you kind of touched on a few things, but what do you think is your biggest takeaway from your time here? I think my biggest takeaway would be business strategy. I think that is such a valuable skill, and I think you guys tackle it so well. And getting to be there for the meetings you led in that area was just honestly really incredible. And I can't wait to hopefully implement that someday, you know, if I have a group of my own years in the future. Oh, you will. If uh, you will. Yeah. <laughs> Women and water. And thank you for teaching us how to floss. And we were honored to teach you the perfect high five. So all around, it's been an incredible month. <laughs> yes. Ariane's going to go into the lightning round. <sighs> Maybe like the the storm round the or like something water related. Slowly building storm. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. okay. The flood round. What's your favorite book right now that you can recommend? Or podcast or video or whatever, resource, TED Talk, whatever thing you're into. Okay, I'm very into TED Talks. So I'll give you my favorite TED Talk. Um, It's by Mary Robinson. She's the former president of Ireland. I believe she was the first female president. So basically a super amazing woman. And um, she talks about her journey into discovering um, how climate change applied to her. And it's called um, Why Climate Change is a Threat to Human Rights and talks a lot about environmental injustice. And it it does a really good job of kind of calling everyone to action. So I really enjoy that TED Talk. Awesome. What is something that you do every day that drives your productivity? Ariane knows I make lists. Yeah. I make very detailed lists that have task lists, lists and goals on them. And those really kind of keep me motivated, being able to check those little boxes. So you're the second lady who said that they like to make task lists. Um, Samantha Villegas said the same thing. And I told her a little bit about yours. And she's like, wow, that's so type A. (laughs) And I was like, oh, but she's an engineer, so I get it. Um, But it was the most, it's not just a task list. This is like task and then I've got a goal um, of 100, 200, 300, 400, whatever the, the thing was that we were making her do. And it was so satisfying to see, like, she can check it off. Because, you know, when you have that task and you're like, I just want to cross it off, but I'm only halfway done. Instead of just crossing it halfway off your list, you can check a box, y'all. Like, it was like, duh. We'll have to post a picture of the uh the checklist on patreon because i mean it's seriously it's that it's that amazing (laughs) 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 it's totally like the um what the journaling that they do nowadays yeah yeah bullet journaling yeah Yeah, boy i figured okay 
So what's your, um, you have a favorite quote? Yes, I do. Um, Better to light one candle than curse the darkness. It's a Chinese proverb and I first heard it in the documentary Racing Extinction. And I honestly feel like it speaks to every area of my life, but especially environmentalism because I am the type of water nerd. We've talked about this. I'm the type of water nerd who cries. I get really sad when I do research and I find these awful things happening around the world and these people left without water. It does make me cry and I get depressed and I think, how could I ever make a change in this? And then I have to remind myself it's better to do something. It's better to take the small actions, do what I can. You know, I'm only one person, but I will do as much as humanly possible to impact this industry. Nice. Can you say the quote one more time? Because I love it. Better to light one candle than curse the darkness. Yeah. And find your candles because water's a tough biz and it's a <laughs> thankless job. And sometimes you just have to find your comfort in the other candles out there trying not to get blown out by the hater wind. <laughs> the gusts. The gusty, the gusts out there. Yeah. Um, so I, too, like the light and the darkness metaphors as well. So I dig it. Um, well, we're going to end with a question that we ask everyone who comes on. And it's all about call to action. So you've spent time with us here. You know that we're both passionate about the idea that one person making a change can inspire others to make a change. And that that whole notion of why should I change? It's not going to make a difference. I'm just one person is complete caca um what's the one call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe can change the world um the call to action I always use is the time sensitivity of the water issue um most people don't really see that or they don't think about it you know they open their taps and the water comes out and they don't know all the problems facing water today they don't know that there's time limits on all these different issues they don't know that Cape Town South Africa is about to hit day zero I mean, these are serious, serious issues that we are going to face in our lifetime in the next five years, 10 years, 15 years. And that's always what I impress to people is just how time sensitive the issue is and how we have to work on this problem or there won't be other problems that we can even focus on, you know? Yep. It's here and it's we can't continue to kick it kick the can down the road I think is the saying something like that something about cans and kicking um but yes absolutely that kick the can when I was a kid is that what the saying is okay but um (laughs) so 100 percent um incredibly insightful words from a sophomore in college girl you have a very bright future ahead of you and we're proud of you, and we've only known you for like a month. So I can't imagine how it, the, your family feels about you because it's been a joy for us. And for all of the directors or engineering firms out there listening, you better mark the date of May 2021 on your calendars because that's when Erin's going to be graduating and there's going to be a bidding war to get her because she yeah. is one hundo an asset to, to anyone who, who gets her. So... Thanks again, Erin, for not only this interview, but for spending the past four or so weeks with us. Um, we'll keep in touch and uh, we'll let you know as we go on Erin's journey, too. Yes, we're going to yeah. let her still maintain that that Water in Real Life Instagram account, which you can see. Is it at water underscore IRL? I believe so, yes. Okay, I made it and I can't remember, so. I'm not sure either and I look at it every day, so. Yeah, but we want to keep Erin in the loop and we want you to keep in Erin's 
loop. <laughs> you get the drift. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. You can find the show notes at theh2duo.com slash water in real life, where we have all the resources mentioned in this episode and much more. We are incredibly passionate about being a resource for the industry, and we can only do that with your help. So show us some love by simply subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can become the only do-a-run show about water. Get us a little bit of shelf space on that iTunes homepage. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore H2Duo. Be sure to give us a comment, feedback, shout out. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you learned something new, got a little inspired, and most importantly, took action on something today that will move you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says. Those who tell the stories rule the world. 